0: Hello and welcome to the SciArtNow podcast where we share our tips, tricks and advice on the medical illustration and animation industry. I'm Emily Holden, a medical illustrator and animator and also co-founder of SciArtNow.
1: And I'm Annie Campbell, also co-founder of SciArtNow and a medical illustrator and animator. You can find our show notes and resources from this episode and more educational content such as industry interviews, tutorials and more at sciartnow.com. So what are we discussing today, Annie? So Emily, I think it's safe to say that we're all on the same page when I say that 2020 sucked majorly and with a new year comes new goals. And I think we're all a little bit ready to start afresh, or at least attempt to refocus and bring balance back to our lives. And today I wanted us to take some time to talk about goal setting and how you can work to achieve these goals, side hustles or anything similar. How does that sound to you, Emily? Yeah, that sounds
0: great. I'm definitely ready to leave 2020 behind and I'm looking forward to more positive new year maybe in the next couple of months
1: (laughs) i know i know not quite there yet but at some point yeah
0: this year it'll be great
1: oh, fingers <laughs> crossed I
0: just really hope so let's think about goals so why set goals we are always kind of setting goals for ourselves even if we don't think we're doing it or actively trying to do it it can just be in the back of our minds as a little bit of motivation something that even just gets us out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. they can be tiny everyday goals that give you short-term motivation or those kind of big dream long-term goals
1: Yes, exactly. And in in today's episode, I want us to focus on tips for realistic goal setting and how to establish habits that allow you to achieve your goals. Because I don't want us to, at the end of the year, put so much pressure on ourselves to achieve these grand goals. And we actually end up not achieving anything because we've overestimated ourselves or have just put unnecessary stress and anxiety in our already stressful lives.
0: So with that, Where's the best to start? It's easy to start off with the big picture goals. To start with like a big statement, like your goal, for example, could be to start a podcast or to mm. get loads of clients this year.
1: Yeah. And that that's the easy part to set. But the hard part is actually achieving these goals, right? So too often people kind of like focus on the end results. And if you say something that's quite unspecific, like I want to get better at figure drawing by the end of the year, and then just kind of leave it at that, it's, it's very unlikely you'll be able to get better because there's no plan in place.
0: Most people, do do it. People focus too much on the destination and not actually on the steps of how you're going to get there. And then by the time you reach the end of the year, you just end up disappointing yourself because maybe you didn't plan it out. An easy way for you to actually achieve your goals at the very end of it.
1: Exactly. I kind of feel like that at the end of every year that like I haven't done this and I haven't done that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So how do you combat this? How do you break the cycle of setting goals and then not achieving them? Emily, I think we set out so many goals throughout our careers and we found some things that work. We've managed to do this podcast, so you know the, we did something. <laughs> we did something. Yep. <laughs> so you need to basically create a roadmap of how you will achieve your goals, and this is something people don't usually do. Yeah, right. For
0: example, they'll say, "Oh, I want to buy a house in the next three years," and then just kind of carry on life as normal, <laughs> hoping that in the next three years they'll magically be able to buy a house. <laughs> but how are they going to be able to really get there to that place if they don't have a plan and? They need to calculate how much money they need to save per month. They mm-hmm. need to start putting away money each month so that when the three years comes, they'll have enough for a deposit to buy a house. Maybe they don't have enough to save each month to reach their goals at three years. Maybe it's five years is more realistic. But they've done the kind of pre planning and they're able to see this and set realistic goals.
1: Right, exactly. And and it's the same with learning a new skill or a software. So say if you're that person that wants to get better at figure drawing by the end of the year, for example, start planning out about how you're going to achieve that. So if it were me, I would start looking at free resources online. There's just so many. And figure out what YouTube channels are teaching this. Are there any courses that people are recommending on forums or even in chats? And maybe try a couple of the free courses before getting paid courses. And and throughout all this research, you, you will figure out how long does it take for someone who's practicing figure drawing to level up on something similar. All this kind of information to help inform you about reaching your goals is freely available online. You just need to do a little digging. And taking this initial step is already a step that helps you move towards achieving your goal. Read about it. Start learning about how other people have achieved what you want to achieve. Because after you've done this, you can begin to set measurable actions for your goals. So then your goal setting will begin to be a bit clearer. Your goal setting will change from this really vague statement of, I want to get better at figure drawing to a more detailed statement of, I want to get better at figure drawing by the end of the year. In order for me to do that, I need to read up on this resource and I need to practice figure drawing at least three times per week. And by six months, I want to be able to draw like this person, you
0: know? For us at Siren now, our goal for our YouTube channel last winter was to get at least five videos up on the channel. To be honest, the first goal was actually just to get one up on the channel. <laughs> but once we reached that, we kind of adjusted and we were able to set new goals and look at the amount of work that actually took to go into it and actually be able to estimate like how many hours will this take? Rather than us going yeah. like, right, we're going to launch, we're going to do a video every week oh, and boy. then end. <laughs> completely depressed because there's no way of us doing that. Um, so I think knowing all this information and trying and testing things gives gives us a good idea of how much time we need to dedicate to actually achieve our goals.
1: And, and we now know that we need to put aside a certain amount of time each week to like write a script outline and you know we have systems and processes in place to film our videos and post it up. So if the goal you
0: have is something that you haven't done before it's really valuable to give yourself a time to kind of do a pilot of it especially mm. when it comes to production work because this will help you set realistic milestones one goal setting strategy that has always worked for me is setting smart goals so that's s-m-a-r-t oh. so they have to be s specific that means that your goal is clear and it helps you focus on it so there's no vague oh i want to do something like this this will be Interesting. (laughs) And then allowing yourself to get distracted or lose sight of the purpose of why you're actually setting this goal. Right. And I've been really guilty of setting those fuzzy goals. And what I mean by those is they're not specific so that if I do fail, I can fool myself into thinking that I haven't because I'm like, well, my goal was wide. (laughs) (laughs) My goal was kind of this, kind of achieved it. Cool. Great. Good job, Emily. Oh, That's brilliant. It seems to be a kind of weird, like self-protective thing that actually just leaves me... Not being as productive as I could be. Mm. If your goals aren't specific, kind of sharp and clear and you can't like pull them apart, <laughs> then you don't really know what you're aiming at. Mm. The next uh, letter in the SMART goals is they need to be, your goal needs to be measurable. So how will you ever know if you've reached your goal, if it isn't measurable, you can't. <laughs> and being able to track your process and having that timeline of seeing how far you've come as well as where you're going is so valuable because it helps you keep focused and keep up momentum and also meet your deadlines. The next is A which is achievable which is pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. Don't uh, shoot yourself in the foot. I'm not going to set a goal to run three marathons in a year because I'm not going to do it. (laughs) It's unachievable for me. Always double check that your goal is achievable. Can you accomplish it? The next would be R is relevant. Asking yourself questions like does this matter to me actually? Just because someone else is doing it should I be doing it too? Does it actually matter to me? Is it relevant to my big picture? Is it worthwhile? Mm -hmm. Uh, This can also include the question of is now actually the right time last year was not the right time for anything I decided so I just wiped everything clear Mm -hmm. I feel like 2020 wasn't the right time for accomplishing some of the more kind of general goals that I'd set for myself Mm -hmm. maybe this year not so much so far maybe later in the year yeah so I think it's just like being mindful of is now the right time if I can do it can I do it in a year's time will that have any impact on it can I still achieve what I want to achieve yes so you can kind of decide on timing as well as if it's actually relevant and then the last one is t which is time bound so it's just setting yourself that parameter of like when are you going to achieve it how many days am i going to dedicate to it? how many weeks in total like how many months just so that you've always got that kind of time deadline element to it so that you're not just letting other everyday tasks just come and infiltrate your grand plans
1: right busy tasks that don't really contribute to any of your goals i love the smart goals thing i've never really heard of it. So I think I'm going to try using that for my own.
0: So moving on from that, let's talk about getting organized and how you can set up a system of how you're going to actually do the tasks to achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. So for our SciArtNow podcast, we use Notion as our organizational tool. We write scripts for the podcast and hand it off to one another for review. It's very simple and quite handy because everything is in one space so we can quickly jump back into it without the risk of losing files or completely forgetting about them. Annie, you have had some moments where you've forgotten <laughs> that you've written a whole script and suddenly it just comes out the back burner. We're like, what
1: What's this? And you're like, oh, I call those my blackout <laughs> moments. And I think like past Annie has this spurt of motivation and and like <laughs> bashed out a script without remembering. But like so that's why it's useful to have them all in one space so you all can remind me. I think you've done the same as well, Emily. So you're you're guilty of this too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, Past Annie and Emily, for all of your hard work. We appreciate it. <laughs> Such a backlog of blackout
1: content that we're actually working through this podcast. So, I think we have around about like 50 or so scripts that are just in varying points of projection. And, you know, we can jump on and off writing these scripts during our allocated development time that we set out for ourselves. And I like to think that we have some form of organization because we can have people write up topics and ideas in one space and tag it. And then you and I can follow up with them if we think it's something that's worth developing. And then through this, like, you and I we can prioritize them for the season
0: we also use a space to log any resources we come across And so if we're in the middle of doing any script writing and we come across some really interesting articles we think oh actually this would be great to share mm-hmm. um, alongside the podcast we've got everything there we're not going oh what was the name of that article again and like hunting through everything mm-hmm. everything's nice and organized and we also realize that we need to be consistent in our publications to kind of help it build and grow our audience so we're being more diligent at the moment about putting out bi-weekly episodes.
1: Right. And and I think like we set ourselves like a goal of bi-weekly podcasts because we know if we try to do it every week, we just be setting ourselves unobtainable goals and we don't have the time to do that. And we totally get burnt out and we just lose the motivation to do this.
0: Yeah, that's right. So after we've created two or three episodes, we now have a pipeline of how we can put together an episode like this. And it's allowed other members of our team to follow this formula and produce their own episodes as well.
1: Yeah. And that, that's great because our goal is to encourage our team members to share what they know. And this can be through many tutorials on our social media or through our YouTube or even through this podcast. And because Emily and I set out this podcasting goal last year, we were able to put out some proof of concepts And it's motivated them to try this out for themselves. Yeah,
0: definitely. So going back to organization, of course, you don't need to use Notion like we do. You (laughs) can use any other organizational app or even just a pen and paper to write it down in easy steps or checklist of things that you need to do to achieve each of your goals. This is something that can be changed and adjusted each week or each month. Just keep it fluid and keep trying and testing things out. You don't need to stick to one formula and just always do it that way. Try and play with it and find out what works best for you. Just because someone's way of setting goals from themselves works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So just keep it personal to you.
1: But be careful. Don't fall into the organizational trap where you spend too much time organizing and not enough time actually working on your goals. So if the tools they're using to organize yourself is too burdensome to actually use frequently, don't use it. Just because someone else is using it doesn't mean that you need to use it. Just stick with simple checklist and go through that. Start small at first and only add information you need. To keep you organized, don't overwhelm yourself with fancy bullet journals or project management software. You don't have time for that, you don't have time to waste on that
0: brings us nicely to our next section which is allocating time to work on your goals much of the work going into achieving your goals is actually finding the time to do the practice and tasks that help you edge closer towards the goal but often many people will say that they don't have time to do everything which is fair enough everyone has many personal and professional commitments and everyone says that there's just not enough hours in the day and it is really true and we feel like we run out of time most days Mm -hmm. but we found that if we don't carve time for ourselves to work on our goals, then they're just never going to get done. Mm -hmm. So we had to reassess where our time was going throughout the week. So here's how you can find time to work on some of your goals. If you're looking to manage your time better, the simplest place to start is to figure out what you're actually spending your time on right now. Keep track of your time for a week and see how long you're spending on certain tasks like emailing or watching TV in the evenings or browsing social media. Just try and keep track of everything. This will help you have a great overview of where your time is actually going and you can assess it and whether you really need to be spending an hour on social media at night. Maybe swap out that for something that contributes to your annual goals instead.
1: (laughs) So social media is the easiest one to swap out, right? Because it's such a great way to lose time. But the thing is, you don't actually get many benefits from using it. And sometimes it can be quite negative. It can have quite a negative effect uh, Mm -hmm. on your mental health. So this is something that you could swap that time out to find value elsewhere and do you know what doesn't need to be your goals it just could be like you find time to make yourself nice dinners more healthier dinners or something like that just small things another thing that I found was a barrier for me actually getting work
0: done was the way that I was scheduling myself so when I was freelancing I always set myself huge lists of things I had to do each day Mm -hmm. or I would block out all the unpleasant or urgent tasks into one day and all I achieved from this was a very, very high <laughs> level of anxiety and I never managed to actually complete the tasks and I would end up avoiding them for even longer as it would always just evoke that same anxiety that I forced upon myself every time I opened up the document to work on or every time I tried to email someone back uh-huh. it's like I just I broke myself with it oh, no. <laughs> so through this I've learned to try and design my day so I'm actually looking after myself and not being my own worst boss. <laughs> of course, I still need to do the tasks like finances and pay bills and meet all my deadlines. But I will just kind of do it that I'm kind of bargaining with myself. So set up a system that I'm rewarding myself for the hard work that I'm doing. Oh, nice. And this just keeps me motivated and it's far more sustainable in the long run. And uh, I think what I like to think about is like treats. Treat yourself like you are your favorite employee. <laughs> I guess treat yourself like you treat other people. If I saw someone struggling, I would cut them slack and give them time out to get themselves back together and give themselves a break because you want them to feel better. Whereas Mm -hmm. I would never do that to myself. I'd never offer myself the same courtesy. And this is something I've been trying to work out and it's really helped me to sustain the motivation to actually reach the goals I set myself now because I'm not just setting myself up to fail by putting myself in a position that I feel like I'm too stressed to work on anything.
1: For me, I realized that I was not getting anything done in the evenings, you know, after work and my brain was totally and I just wanted to switch off and veg out. And I like to spend my evenings watching movies or playing games, but that, that time is precious to me for my family. In order to carve out time for myself to do side projects, like all of this now content, I go to work an hour earlier. And, and so from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., I have this special hour where I can hyper-focus and work on my side projects and goals. And doing that in the morning also means that I kind of feel a little bit better that at least one of my tasks was checked off my daily to-do list.
0: <laughs> it's so important that you can just tick a box.
1: <laughs> that <was just> <laughs> Great feeling.
0: <laughs> Which brings us nicely to our next section, and that's focusing on your tasks in their allocated time slot. So if you've managed to carve out time to work on your goals, you need to hyper-focus and only work on the goals that you've set out for that time. Distractions like your phone, social media, even Netflix are a hindrance to achieving your goals. And if you've managed to carve out time to work on your goals, Do that, Mm -hmm. don't you? Time to start checking your emails or doing small tasks that are not associated with your goals. My Facebook and Instagram apps on my phone have been banished into a folder with a big like, stop <laughs> emoji. <laughs> it just gives me like that little mental barrier. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to click on Instagram. I'm like, oh no, wait, no, it's in a folder oh. with a stop sign on it. I'm not going to go there.
1: I once heard an interview with Neil Gaiman, who's a brilliant author, and he has this lovely little writing shed at the bottom of his garden where he works and writes his books. And he has a great tip about getting focused to do the work. And he says sometimes, It might be a struggle to do the work. So he allows himself just to sit there and not work on anything, but only on the condition that he doesn't do anything else. So (laughs) he doesn't look at his phone. He doesn't start painting or anything. He's just allowed to sit there and do nothing. And after a while, doing nothing becomes so boring that you might as well start working. Oh, I really like Uh, that. That's great. I thought that was just lovely. And it was very nice Mm -hmm. because this method just allows you to step away from your work if your mind is a bit hazy, but it's also setting boundaries where you don't start procrastinating and doing other things take up that time. And also another tool is if you have trouble focusing for long periods, try the Pomodoro technique, which is setting a timer for 20 minutes to do work. And that's enough time for you to do something meaningful and keep your focus. Then after that, take a five minute break and go back to another 20 minute sprint.
0: Yeah, I love the Pomodoro technique and I really got into it last year. I hadn't ever really tried it before. And the one that I've been using is one of just the many web timers out there. It's called Poma Focus, And it's oh, nice because nice. you can like set your task on it as well. So you'll have your little task list and then you can also calculate how many Pomodoros, which is like <laughs> how many 20 minutes uh, sprints you'll need to complete the task. And every time that little alarm goes off after every 28 minutes, I get really excited. I'm like, oh, time to make a cup of tea and relax <laughs> for
1: five minutes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm going to try that this year, I think. Lovely. This brings us nicely to our next section. And that's all about procrastination. Like we've all done it and we still sometimes do it. You know, we've seen that when we were students, we tidy our rooms rather than study or we spend too much time organizing rather than actually doing the work. Mm. And we pick up our phones and we lose ourselves for an hour or so. And procrastination delays us from doing the task at hand. However, we tend to beat ourselves up because we've put ourselves at a disadvantage from not doing the work. And we see people procrastinating where a person might avoid doing the work and doing all. An alternative, more tempting task instead, which again, delays your original goals. And it means that you push it back another week. They might be avoiding doing the task because it's hard to get started or they put off the work because the work that they want to do is hard and they don't want to risk the feeling of failure or being unable to do something. So procrastination can sometimes be an emotional response to doing difficult tasks. And I found that if I address my emotions and think about, well, why am I putting off this task? It's actually helped me pinpoint why I'm avoiding this. And I can address address that emotion and stop procrastinating further. And I think sometimes you
0: have to remind ourselves that procrastination has a bigger negative effect. As the longer we put something off, the negative consequences start to become even more visible. Like mm-hmm. putting off paying a bill until you're getting final June notices with penalties. It's not good. Or you put off your goals for the whole year and then suddenly it's December again and you just sit there and feel dreadful.
1: Totally. And that's that's like me every year. And and this type of procrastination is also seen in students a lot. And And uh, here's a quote I found in a psychology paper that you can find in our show notes. And what they said is students procrastinating earlier on in the semester create a stress-free and pleasant situation for themselves, only to experience that these short-term benefits had long-term costs at the end of the semester. So what they're saying in the paper was this is the hypothesis of behavior with the later rule of thinking. Oh, I'll do that later. I don't want to do it today. I'll do that next week. But by delaying the work that you need to do to achieve your goals and leaving it for later... It only means that you're actually reducing the amount of time you have to reach your goals. So if you had three weeks to write a paper, but you kept postponing it for later, you're actually reducing the amount of time you have to write that paper which totally increases your stress and anxiety. And also you're just working under unnecessary pressure. You had all that time. You've just given yourself less time. And this is the same with annual goals. So one year becomes a couple of months. And if you put things back or leave it for later, it can end up being a couple of weeks. And that's just not enough time for you to work on your annual goals. And again, this just increases stress, anxiety, and just has an overall negative consequence of goal setting. And it can really put you off from setting similar goals in the future because you're putting yourself into a position of failure because you're not giving yourself enough time to do the work.
0: Yeah. And just to bring it back to what I was mentioning earlier with the smart goals thing, the best part of having this kind of measurable goal that's also time bound. So you break down You know when your final deadline is, but then you can also set all these like smaller tasks in the meantime. And I think it is the smart way of goal setting. You kind of break down your goal into all these different subheadings, and then you can have a really good overview of like where you're going and all the different things you need to do to achieve it. Rather than just be like, oh, my goal is to study for this exam and then that's it. Or like, (laughs) oh, I need to write this the end. (laughs) Like it's like a week before, and then you're like having to power through it. It's like, right, I've got this, I've got all this time, this amount of time I have this is why I'm doing it and it'll help you kind of focus and hopefully avoid panic rushing at the end (laughs) if you do want to procrastinate sometimes you just feel like you really want to Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think what we found is has been quite successful for us is to work on other tasks that still contribute to our goals so sometimes you'll lose wins and you'll be mentally exhausted throughout the day and you'll get to a point that you'll just switch off on whatever task you're on but instead of aimlessly browsing the internet, maybe just what we do is we just take a break by working on a little bit on something else so if we're say doing a little bit of client work and we're hit a bit of a mental barrier and we know that we could just stare at our screen blankly for Mm -hmm. an hour or we could just take 10 minutes to just like blast through a podcast script or something like that and it will kind of energize us again we kind of let ourselves do that so then we can like dive back in with a clearer head.
1: Also adding on to that, the important thing that we remember is that, you know, our side projects and side goals don't take over client paying work. So we kind of have this nice balance. It's like, okay, we know that if we stare at this, it's going to be an hour wasted or we just spend 10 minutes on something else, refresh and come back and look at it with fresh eyes. And that's more beneficial for our client paying stuff if we just kind of had that step away and be productive in other parts of our business.
0: Yeah, I guess it's the equivalent of some people like to just get up and go for a walk or something to refresh your head. I think the way we both seem to like to do it is just to put on a timer and just blast through something else intensely that makes us quite excited and motivated. And then you're coming back in to do the other thing with a little bit more motivation after taking a break.
1: Sometimes people think that motivation is the main driver for doing the work. But it's not. It's actually discipline that contributes to you being a professional. And your clients or employers aren't going to wait for you to be motivated to do a paid project. That's an emotional response, and schedules don't rely on motivation. But as medical illustrators, we would never dream of turning around to our clients or bosses and say, "I'm not motivated to do the work today." Mm-hmm, no. <laughs> but the funny thing is, we do say that to ourselves, though, especially when it comes to personal goals. It'd be like, oh, "I'm not really motivated to learn about that," you know? So why do you think that is? Well, Emily, I think procrastination and motivation. I think they're close related. You're less likely to want to work on something if you haven't started it. So you're more likely to procrastinate and put things off. So getting started is the hardest part. If you get started on something concrete early on, even if the task isn't finished, you're more motivated to go back to it and finish it later on. And so it becomes this mindset shift of, oh, I haven't even started that. I'll just do it later to actually I'll do a little bit today and then tomorrow you'll be thinking and working be like, oh, that was a really cool thing that I found out yesterday. You know, I was kind of thinking about that. Maybe I'll do a little bit more tonight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that kind of gets the ball rolling and your motivation grows from that. The
0: main thing to know about this is that you don't need to completely finish the task. A little bit each time is still valuable. So don't beat yourself up if you don't finish things in the small amount of time that you've given yourself. James Clear, who's the author of Atomic Habits, wrote about the 1% rule. This is the idea of improving your skills a tiny bit every day and it will still be valuable in the long run. We always seek drastic results like losing weight or writing a book or winning an award, but a tiny little 1% improvement each day can over the course of a year equate to being around 37 times better by the end of that year, which is really great if you think about it. So if you're trying to improve your skill set, so say it was figure drawing, as we've used as an example, if you're just doing a tiniest little bit of that every single day for a year, then you're going to be 37 times better. And I think that kind of takes away the there's not enough hours in day thing because that could literally be just five minutes or just even looking at other people's work, studying, reading about different ways of doing figure drawing and looking a bit more into the fundamentals of it. You don't need to actually pick up a pencil. You can just actually look at other people's work and really intently study it, slowly building it up.
1: To add to that, Emily, before you move on, actually, when I'm making dinner, I'll have a YouTube tutorial. Up. And I was, I think at one point I was like, I got to get better at drawing heads or faces. And I just had like a whole playlist running and the Artists would be talking in a background and then when it came to actually practicing putting pen to paper in the back of my mind i like oh actually they mentioned something about this I'm going to try implementing that today you know oh I saw them doing this technique I'm going to try that so it actually does kind of seep in if you're multitasking having something on in a background to learn about it. Yeah I
0: completely agree with that as well I've had a long time that I didn't draw I guess I did a lot of client work but I hadn't drawn a portrait or something in ages but I had been aimlessly scrolling through Instagram a lot but a lot of the people I follow were doing like loads of portraits and I was really like taking time out every day to really look at them and study them and work out what they were doing. Then by the time I actually came back to drawing I was like, oh actually this is all in my brain somewhere stored. (laughs) Even if you genuinely cannot find time in a day there's still other ways that you can try and force it in somehow (laughs) and I think it's also important to be honest with yourself and your abilities so if you're trying to get better at figure drawing don't expect to create beautiful figures in your first couple of tries this sort of training takes months and you'll only start to see drastic improvements after a year or so
1: if you're setting up milestones, don't give yourself ridiculous timelines because you want to reach your destination quickly. You're only going to risk missing self imposed deadlines and you're going to feel too overwhelmed and awful about not achieving the impossible standard that you set yourself. Direction is more
0: important than speed. Really <laughs> said, Emily. Yeah. How can they learn from this and break the cycle, get better at achieving their own goals? I think reflection is really important. They need to ask themselves so, why didn't I achieve this goal? Did I create a roadmap? Did I give myself enough time? Did I set out my goals in a smart way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I need to schedule more hours? What am I actually learning? And what do I want to produce throughout all of this? Am I actually practicing and doing it at the same time? Or am I just watching tutorials and not actually putting the skills I'm learning into practice? There has to be a balance of watching and doing. So you need to be realistic with your projections. This is what will start to elevate you into becoming a more professional artist. Mm-hmm. So when you're working on your goals, it's important to remember not to fall into the comparisons trap and start to compare your progress with others around you. Remember that you don't have the same lives as everyone else. They mm. might have all the time in the world to work on their goals whilst you're juggling a job, looking after kids or a loved one. This is another reason that my Instagram app has been <laughs> banished with the no-no <laughs> folder on my phone. So when you start to compare your journey with someone else's when you're not in the right headspace, you're only just going to make yourself feel bad because you feel like you're not the ideal vision that you see in them. And this might bring up feelings of resentment towards your own efforts or jealousy of others.
1: Yeah. And I know I felt that way when I see people achieving a lot more than what I can currently do. And I feel really bad about myself. And I sometimes wonder like, is this all worth it? Why am I doing this? I realize that I'm, I'm projecting my goals and aspirations into an external factor and comparing myself to someone else is ridiculous. It's the same with comparing to this idealized version that you picture at the end of your goals. Sure, it's a nice visualization exercise to see yourself at the end of your journey of where you've achieved your goals. It's also more important to look at where you are now and be happy with how much you've managed to achieve up until this point. All the professionals working in the field and all the students listening to this, you all work really, really hard to get to where you are today. And you're probably going to have goals and in this idealized version of yourself in the future. If you're like me, it's going to be an old lady sitting in a cabin in the woods. My cabin in the woods is going to be kitted out with all the latest tech. Like that's the place I want to reach. But I'm also realizing it's important not to be sad that I'm not that old lady in the cabin in the woods with all my tech stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not there yet, but hey, I'm making steps to get there, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on all the hard work that I've done to edge me closer towards that goal. You know, I have to remind myself, make an effort to just be proud of what I've managed to achieve. And what everyone listening to is just be proud of what you've achieved as well up until this point
0: I think everyone needs to get better at doing I need to get better at doing you need to as well Mm -hmm. it's like even when you are goal setting especially if you're kind of setting a new goal it's that reflection on all your past goals and what you have achieved like where you've come from where you're going but also like look at all those little steps that you've taken along the way and how they've actually got you to where you are now where you are now might not be exactly where you want to be or where you saw yourself being but it's a great place to be it is think at the end of the day, just need to get on and do the work and achieving your goals is a hard thing to do. And there's really no rush. Not really. If you're at the beginning of your career, some or even somewhere in the middle, you're still on that journey. Setting the right goals, setting smart goals Mm -hmm. uh, that take you in the right direction is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Be clear with your intentions and try to focus and not look too closely at other people's journeys. If it's preventing you from having confidence to move forward with your goals. But if friendly competition helps motivate you, then keep up that fuel for the fire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if market research gets you all pumped up and ready for action, then maybe schedule some time into your week to do that, to give you that extra boost of motivation.
0: I guess that ties in nicely to what I was saying earlier about scheduling a good day for yourself. So like having maybe a hard task or rewarding yourself. If rewarding yourself with these little boosts helps you throughout the day, get an idea of your own energy patterns. If you know something's going to drain your of energy and then if you do a little bit of market research for a while or listen to maybe like a certain podcast and it's going to give you that kick in the right direction you need then pop that on your schedule if that was hard oh this is going to be fun that's going to be hard oh but then
1: that's going to be fun <laughs> i love that that's great <laughs> little boost throughout the day
0: So I think that seems like a good place to wrap it up. Would you be able to summarize some of the things that we've discussed today, Annie?
1: Yeah, sure thing, Emily. So today we covered the first step and that's setting a big picture goal. And the next part to that, number two, is breaking down that big picture goal into manageable steps or milestones that will help you achieve that goal. The SMART technique is a really helpful tool in being specific and setting timelines for yourself. Once you have a milestone in place, get organized and set up a system. But be sure to set aside time each week to work on your goals and stick with it. Hyper-focus and don't procrastinate during the time you set aside to work on your goals. And if you really want to procrastinate like we all do, see how you can do other tasks that are kind of associated with your goals. Now we found that procrastination and motivation are closely linked. So just get started on something and your motivation will follow and snowball. But remember to be realistic with your abilities and schedule. Don't overburden yourself. Also, don't fall into the comparison trap. Just focus on yourself and what you're doing. And at the end of the day, just do the work, even a small amount. It'll edge you closer towards your goals. And I think that's enough for people to get started, Emily. Great. Thanks, Annie. And thanks everyone for tuning into our SciArtNow podcast. You can find our show notes
0: and resources from this episode on our website, sciartnow.com. Give us a follow on social media at SciArtNow and also check out our YouTube channel. If you want to get in touch, you can reach us via our website or... Or send us a dm
1: if you like this episode go ahead leave us a review we would love to hear your feedback stay tuned for our next episode where you share more tips tricks and advice on working in the medical illustration and animation industry